Welcome to episode nine of the Global Exclusive Podcast. I'm your host, Hazard. We're joined this week by Baros. Next time, I'm definitely going to have something funny to say. Dream Blitz. So anyway, as I was saying about item world. Muspel. I pulled Ed on the first step. Motherfucker! Why do you do this to me? <laughs> oh, I've, I've got you beat this time. And Cotton C. Baros infected me with his desire to pull for limited banners. Help. <laughs> Uh, Shadow Walker's not here this week, but luckily we've still got a great sponsor that uh, features Shadow Walker. So this week's episode of the Global Exclusive Podcast is sponsored by the Google Docs Request Access button. Have you ever woken up on early on a Thursday morning eager to check Shadow Walker's damaged spreadsheet and see how strong the units are, but the sheet is set to private? Have no fear. With the Request Access button, you can send an email directly to Shadow's personal inbox and encourage him to work faster. Come on, Shadow, get your sheet together. <laughs> Don't worry, he loves it. Yeah, he does, he does. Are you saying you you prismoogled that for the support chainer? The really tall metal guy, who is also the big brother of the really tiny guy? So should we talk about what the unit actually does. Listen, Muspel is the biggest closet weeb of all. Speaking of (laughs) stuff being on fire... Yes, it's basically Animal Crossing, but with Final Fantasy Brave Exvius characters. So this week we've got a really exciting banner. It's the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood banner uh, based on the anime that I have never seen. But I know Dream and Cotton have been geeking out about it, so we're, we're pretty excited to talk about that. We've also got enhancements for Yego, Crimson, and Nagi, and uh, we also have the global exclusive, is it exclusive? It's just global release of War of the Visions, which we'll chat about at the end. And we're also going to have a section about Sylvie's place in the meta right now, and maybe what she might need for enhancements. So, uh, Baros, you have a unit you want to introduce. Yeah, so, so I'm actually super honored that I got to introduce the Full Metal Alchemist himself, Alphonse Elric, the really tall metal guy, who is also the big brother of the really tiny guy. He is actually a surprisingly good tank, turns out. Has very good stats, has the standard passive provoke kit, although he doesn't have any evade, in aid evade, so he's a bit harder to gear for evasion, I guess. Um, and, you know, like everything we see in modern tanks now, has the cooldown for the mitigation and cover on turn one. But he has this, he has a lot of chaining and one really interesting thing, which it can unlock a triple cast that allows him to also with his cover unlock another ability where he can spam 3k barriers the entire team and yes. while supporting uh, his unlock is triple. It's dual? dual cast. Ah, okay, Maybe okay. dual cast. Okay, so slightly worse than what I said, but still an amazing <laughs> unit, because like he has 200% buffs, HP barrier, and 50% mitigation on his LB, and then he can also spam 3k barriers every turn. Really strong. Not quite every turn. Uh, because of how the unlock works, you can't quite hit it every turn, but you can get it almost every turn. Wait, well, why can't you hit it every turn? Can't you just dual cast the unlock with the normal cover? Oh, good idea. I mean, in one turn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it is a dead turn, I guess, but like many tanks have them, they don't have a dual cast, so it doesn't matter. There will still be the turn where you have to re-unlock the double cast, though. No, he's saying you you cast the unlock and the ability that unlocks it on the same turn. You cast both covers. Yeah, but the double cast is a separate unlock. Oh, right, yeah. Ah, right, he does both his cooldowns, unlock the double cast, I thought it was just one. 
But yeah, I think he's most comparable to Gallif. Like, in passives, he loses out a bit because he's got 50% instead of 80% passive provoke and doesn't have that 10% evasion. I think his gear selection is also a bit more limited because, you know, he's only got heavy armor and helmets and for that side. and But so he can't gear evasion as easily. But in terms of actives compared to Gallif, he's got a much better limit burst because it's got the 200% defensive buffs and a 4k barrier. So that's really powerful to spam. And then his cooldown, like turn one cover cooldown, is 45% mit instead of 30, instead of 40. Have you guys seen on Reddit, people are kind of freaking out about this 10% evade difference. Um, people are so married to the idea that you have to have an evade tank that they're like, oh, Alphonse is trash because <laughs> he's not as easy to make evasion an evasion tank. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, stat-wise, like passive-wise, wouldn't Alfonso have better passives than Galo? He's he's far tankier than uh yeah. Galif in terms of raw survivability. He's I think he's the tankiest physical unit in the game. At least with my gear, I compared him even to Awakened Warrior of Light, and it was he came out on top. Like with my gear, like even without his TMI, he's really capping. That's a bit ridiculous. I think that there's some people who have gotten very used to using dodge as their just to deal with incoming damage, and may, I'm not sure if maybe they've neglected like regular tank gear. Maybe they're just not used to doing fights that way but really there's nothing these days that requires dodge every fight is tankable with just a regular physical tank and it's usually not even that bad like you get the occasional fight where the damage is really high but even then it's it's manageable yeah i think someone presented it as evade is nowadays the budget option really for gearing your physical for the fight yeah it's applicable yeah the lazy option Muscle's right that, that you don't have to, and there's nothing that requires it, but it, uh, but real tanking, like actually taking damage, is almost always a more difficult way to go about the fight than just handling, just having someone evade, especially with, with a passive provoke evade combo you can get now on some units. It's just so yeah, convenient think... and slot efficient that people just rent, you know, just automatically do it and don't think about it again. So actually yeah, tanking is hard. The most useful way is that is when you have that evade provoke combo on a non-tank unit, which is really helpful for that slot compression. Yeah, like Kryla, Doctor Aiden are both really good candidates for that. Yeah, exactly. But still, it, it, it like it still stands that it's much easier to gear a unit for full evade than it is to gear a unit to survive physically tanking. Oh, absolutely! The, like all new trials, right? Absolutely. We've got so much evade gear on global that it's, it's so much harder. Not only is it so much harder to gear for evade, but it's also a worse option not to in most cases. One thing to keep in mind, though, is that for new players, I think getting a lot of the evade gear can actually be rough. Because Noctis isn't in the refined pool. Uh, They Mm -hmm. probably weren't around for the Octopath collab. Uh, I guess there's a Loho Laswell who also has a 25% dodge accessory. But you might not have the right items to gear a tank for 100% evasion, or at least not with many slots left over, especially as a newer player. If you have the right STMRs, it becomes a lot easier. Like uh, MM Zon, Lock, or uh, Kaito's STMRs help a lot. But if you don't have those, then you might just have to gear for bulk. And if you're doing that, Alphonse has a much easier time than most other tanks. Yeah, that that is the point. And like, not to mention that some of the best materials are also limited, like dodge roll or true. A lot of newer players might not have that. Yeah, I still don't yeah. believe. Like, I still can't believe dodge roll is a thing in this game because it's such a powerful material. Like, what what happened? <laughs> Moogle charm, Baros. Moogle charm. Yeah, yeah, Moogle charm is also amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And apparently we're going to need it for some upcoming uh, Behemoth K trial or Behemoth Kai that came out like last week in uh, JP. That fight looks so fucking Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> it's basically everyone in your team has to be evasion well, to it's, survive. It's not even that well, that makes me mad. It's the break resistance. I don't know what oh, they that's, were thinking. Oh, it's it's a ter- it's terrible design, but anyways, that's a, that's a different <laughs> subject. Oh yeah, yay! We have something to look forward to six months from now or nine. Yeah. But Alphonse is really really good physical tank. If you yeah, as as you guys were saying, if you don't want to gear for evade, if you're actually going to go for bulk, he is exceptional, an exceptional tank. And it's what you'd expect from the Full Metal Alchemist. I, I know nothing about FMA, but I can say with full confidence that he is not the alchemist. How can you say that with full confidence if you haven't Be- seen the show? Because of the way you're speaking of it. He is, an, he is a full metal armor. How can he not be the full metal alchemist, right? Yeah, it's like it's simple logic. He's a full metal armor. He's a bigger one, bigger <laughs> size one compared to the other shorty. Like, yeah. he is the Obviously older more full metal alchemist, right? Yeah. In the actual anime, there's jokes about how people think that Alphonse is the full metal alchemist. He is the full metal alchemist. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, well, let's let's talk about the the half metal the, alchemist. The, the, then. The, on the banner, the, the chibi full metal alchemist. <laughs> ah. But before I start, Dream, can you tell us how you had to how you had to sacrifice an arm and a leg to get to Edward? Oh boy. So yeah, I I didn't have anything in particular that I was hoarding for, so I figured let's get strong, versatile damage dealer who I have some attachment to. So. 25k step up later and about 120 tickets, at least 50 of which were 4 star. I had 12 off banner rainbows in a row and one Alphonse. And Oof. just just this morning I did one more gold ticket, got another rainbow. Now I have 14 off banner rainbows. <laughs> oh god, I feel the pain. And I think the worst part is is that they're pretty much all just like old damage dealers things i already have too many copies of or both <clears throat> there's like not I mean, even a useful one off banner rainbows in the seven star meta is literally the worst thing that happened to this game i mean don't get me wrong i still love ffb but seven star meta with off banner rainbows that's straight out sucks it's it's a lot less bad than it used to be now that we have the refined pool but it's still there's still a bunch of units in the pool that are just god awful the thing yeah, is i wouldn't mind yeah. the off banner units if so you got a 5% rainbow rate, but it's only 1.5% for the on-banner unit. It should be the opposite. It should be 3.5% for the on-banner and one5 off-banner, right? It should, it should have more of a chance to get the on-banner unit if it's a rainbow than not, or especially if you're limited. 50-50. I know, this this 1.5 is terrible. We should have like a save system, uh, like in other games, where if you pull for a certain amount, you're instead guaranteed a rainbow <clears> banner or on banner rainbows instead so like we have that it's called the step up <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like still have one copy from that 25k guaranteed ticket and then thankfully thanks to the recent omni prism there is still that layer of backup so i can still get my seven star it but it cost far too much yeah you would say that it was not an equivalent exchange <laughs> this is not the law of equivalent exchange <laughs> Well, Jamie, if it makes you feel better, I um, got my first FMA ticket and pulled it and got an Ed off of it. So, congrats. Juice, yes. get the second one, wow. has it, get it. Oh, my God. Okay, so 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 I had so no resources for this banner, and I really like FMA. But I was like, hey, I'm going to put in my tiny resources. I had three tickets and one daily. 
and I do one ticket and I have a rainbow and I'm so happy because I'm like I don't care if it's Ed or Alphonse I'm gonna be overjoyed whoever it was it was my sixth Charlotte oh god this game is killing me and here I am with two ads in 25k oh yeah Cotton continued her ridiculous ways of, of pulling and somehow wailing but not wailing by getting both seven stars on the 25k step up what? technically I only got a seven star ad I use a select for Alfonso and the Omniprison to seven star him. Technically. Oh, okay. So it isn't like someone like Loki who what? Who I think got both seven stars in his step. So should we talk about what the unit actually does? <laughs> <laughs> but it's much more fun to complain about pulls. <laughs> Alright, so coming back to the ad or the shorty. Yes, Barrels' idea to pull on the banner was a good idea because Ed is currently our strongest damage dealer, even eclipsing Madame, Madame Adel. So he, and compared to Madame Adel, he does have a lot more elemental flexibility. So fire, water, earth, and wind imbues the ability to actually, to the fact that he's actually not hard, soft locked into any, into a certain element weapon. And most importantly, the fact that his main damaging skill is actually AoE damage, which actually becomes quite important in future J trials, where you actually want um, good AoE damage instead of single target damage, because you want to kill both of the trial bosses at once, otherwise you get to experience some... Yeah, there's Anything also else? a few... Uh, I think it's worth noting that he has... He has resistance to four elements built in, again, fire, water, wind, earth, 30% in his kit, 20% on his TM, and if you get his STMR, that's another 60 So he's very easy to gear for a lot of fights, and on top of that, he's true TDW units tend to be the gear. He's just really solid all around. I think yeah. he's the first unit in GL where his damage and just flexibility is high enough that I think he's genuinely on par with Shuan. Shuan obviously does less damage, but has the ridiculous tankiness going for him. But Ed's damage is far enough ahead, and he's got all the elemental and stuff. He's he's competitive. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. I, I got him randomly because I may end up using Omniprism if I don't get him from these free pulls. He's just really, really solid. He's basically an upgraded Onion Knight in every way. And his TMR is basically a Lunath STMR light. His his gear selection is a bit limited, but spear, fist, and sword are all pretty good weapon types. Like spear and fist can get you a lot of attacks. Sword's good for like elemental weapon equips, and there's a couple nice options available through dagger even as well because you've got like next dagger for fire or dynamo dagger for earth and some. Tr yeah, he's overall really awesome. If you, he actually might be a quite a good target to use the STMR Mugo on him because his STMR gives what fifty percent attack and defense without unconditional attack and defense and sixty percent fire, water, wind, and earth resistance. Like that's a lot of defensive stats for a damage dealer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very. Um, normally every week when we get banners with damage dealer, we say this unit is fine, but they're nothing special, and if you have a good damage, you can skip them. I think. With Ed, if you have a top-tier damage dealer, I would say somebody who's at, like, I don't know, 17 billion damage per turn or above, you can skip Ed. Wait, did you say less. 17 is top-tier? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> 17 is, is pretty good. Um, but if you have less than that, I think you should consider pulling for Ed, provided you have enough Lapis to finish a lap, and to provide, basically that you can guarantee a 7-star version of him. Or Alphonse, whichever one you happen to want. Because he's good, and Alphonse is also great. This is a solid banner to pull on. 
Uh, Muspel, I, I noticed you've got a seven-star Edward. I thought you didn't pull unlimited banners. I told you a Barrows has infected us all. <laughs> it turns out I'm the only one that hasn't pulled on this banner. It's actually quite interesting. It's Equivalent exchange, mate. Like, you pulled on other limited banners. Yeah. It's a lot of equivalent exchange. Muspel bases his uh, his love on how meta they are, so I imagine that's why you pulled, right, right Muspel? Sure, yeah, that's why. I actually you, do like Full Metal Alchemist anime. Listen, Muspel is the biggest closet weeb of all. You just don't <laughs> I, know it. I, I don't watch much anime. Full Metal Alchemist is one of the few shows I've watched and I liked it. Okay, so, so. does fandom. All right, I stand corrected. Also, wh- one thing that we haven't really touched upon, we've said he does a lot of damage, but we haven't really said that he does so much damage that he's still going to be top tier even when the Esper units that we know already are going to be strong come out and they should be coming out around festa which is still a couple of months away or sorry not festa anniversary anniversary yeah yeah the, the yeah. fma units came early and and did not get nerfed so we are actually really fortunate to have them at this point yeah so he's like yeah. incredibly future proof in that sense i mean of course we don't know if he's ever going to get enhancements <clears throat> which is always a risk with limited collab units to be clear i did not pull because i'm a fan of full metal alchemist i will skip banners if they're from things that i love like Dragon Warrior Monsters is maybe one of my favorite games of all time, but I skipped the Dragon Quest Monsters banner because it was fucking garbage. <laughs> so they have to be meta, too. <laughs> so, so you were right, game. Hazard. Favorite game, but can't even say the name right. Mm, I stand redeemed. No, it, it, was, it was released as Dragon Warrior Monsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I stand yeah, this, this, this is before they changed the name of the series. I see. Plaza Weep. Oh, so not only, not only did we get... Um, this banner early we also got a global exclusive unit which is pretty exciting yeah i think that was quite quite exciting to see because the the next unit is king bradley who will be i think his banner comes out on monday it'll probably be already out by the time people are listening to this but yeah he he has quite an interesting kit it's mostly mostly just another physical chain he is solely lightning based instead of ed's versatility and he's also true dual wield. And his his damage is also pretty top tier. It's not quite as high as Ed, but it's about probably pretty comparable to Madam Edel, depending on, you know, what turn count you use for him for her. Thirty-five. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe not comparable with that. But one thing that he sort of focuses on on the side is like evasion. I think with his own TMR, he has fifty percent innate evade. And then his Magnus ability, which is available on turn 5, gives him 10 stacks of Mirage, a bit like uh, Dr. Aiden's cooldown. So that can be nice for sort of mitigating damage on him. And then one other thing that he can do is he can actually 70% full break on turn 1 if you like dedicate all his actions to it. And so that's just a bit of an interesting niche, but he can't, he can't maintain full uptime on it because it requires the upgrades from ultimate eye you could technically alternate that with a dupe but because he has to ultimate eye to unlock his t cast it would it would really gut your damage mm. and i would not be doing that but if you're trying to use like barrel or bosch as a breaker and you want them to cover on turn one and then break on later you could you king bradley to do that he's sort of like sylvie in that he handles turn one breaks but then not later <coughs> there is an interesting thing about bradley like he has a ridiculously way to be both to get like a hundred percent evade build. Like he caps evade with literally just his trust mastery and two colorful lays. Like that 
and also he kept through through the way that way as well. It's like ridiculously to build him if you have the right PMR. Yeah. In some ways, he feels similar to Aloha, to Aloha Laswell, just like a lot stronger. He deals more than twice as much damage, something like that. Um, so the same kinds of things that you could do with Aloha Laswell with King Bradley, but Bradley doesn't have some of Laswell's drawbacks. Like he's not, he doesn't burn through all of his MP in one turn. He doesn't have super low magical EHP or anything like that. Um, so I think the fact that we're not raving about how he's amazing is more of a testament to how Ed is broken than it is to the fact that Bradley isn't amazing. Because Bradley is, if it weren't for Ed and Shan, Bradley would be the best damage dealer in the game by a wide mark. I guess the only thing with the Aloha Laswell comparison is that he doesn't have those active provoke or color skills that he does. So you have to either be like gearing for passive provoke if you want him to actually be doing like a more tanking, evade tanking role. Yeah, I always felt like those weren't, like, those were more of a red herring on Aloha Laswell. Yeah, you can use I them. I agree. But I think, really, with Bradley or Aloha Laswell, what you're doing is you're just making them be able to ignore any, like, random target physical attacks or uncoverable physical AoE. And because gearing for that <clears> little <throat> bit of extra evasion, gearing for that extra evasion they need is easier than gearing the defense and they would need to survive it. Yeah, and he's also got 150% true do wield uh, innately, so that gives him a little bit extra flexibility on gearing options as well. Yeah. Uh, one one other thing worth noting with him, even if people aren't interested in pulling it on him, is his TMR is currently the only headpiece with 10% physical invasion. All of the others are 5, so that might even be worth um, <clears throat> using a Prism Moogle on it, if because you can get his Trust Moogles from the raid box. Yeah. Hmm, that's a good point, actually. Sometimes those 5% can really matter as well when you're trying to gear a non-tank, non-innate evader for <clears throat> evade uh, or provoke evading. I kind of... Oh, you actually like need to gear the whole team for evade. Although keep in mind that because it's a raid, if you do want that TM, you can just prism it because you'll get his ults from the raid. Mm. Yeah, that's what Dream said. Honestly, oh. when I think about this using evasion, what I've always dreamed of is that they'd used evasion more in this role, which is to improve the survivability of a damage dealer rather than as a tanking strategy. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> That's a top It's fine. I mean, it's podcast. all fine. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all fine. But we've, yeah, we've now talked I picture about you as that dog that like sits in a room on fire. It's like, this is fine. <laughs> Spe- speaking of That's stuff being on fire. Uh, the Ooh. the last Ooh. unit on the banner is Roy Mustang. And the problem with Bradley is that he shares a banner with Roy Mustang. And <laughs> I like Roy Mustang as a character in the Hush. anime. That's true. But Roy Mustang as a unit in FFBE, not great. So we've mentioned in the past that mages have problems. Gearing them for killers is problematic because they don't have as many of them as physical units. They get less from Esper. And then That's on top of that... some Espers. On top of that, you have TDH mages, who have a problem because there's no martial glove for mages, aside from Chin's TM, which is worse than martial glove, because it only gives like 35% instead of 50%. So Roy Mustang is a TDH mage, except that he's TDH LB mage, which means that he also wants to stack LB damage gear. So his materia slots, anytime he has to start using materia, which is always, his damage starts to drop by a lot compared to the damage that you'll see on a spreadsheet. And then on top of that, he's element. So he has the same finisher design we've seen two times already with Noctis, where they use five abilities on one turn and they LB on the other turn. They just alternate between that over and over again. But he's not as good as Noctis overall. Well, he does burst harder than Noctis. I mean, Noctis nobody is as good as Noctis. Gear. But relative to the meta, he's 
kid is just a mess. Like, the only way I could think of it they could have made him worse is if he also scaled off of jump damage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does He does have 150% killers to three different killers, or to three different races. That helps a little bit, but I'm, I'm honestly surprised that we don't see mage finishers done better or done more often. Like, because I feel like that would be a really nice niche for them, but they just really don't exist. If Roy is one of the gonna... few... Yeah, we're gonna get I mean, the, the Sakura soon, right? Uh, yeah, well, should, she's I like guess. a lightning version of him, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's, see, from what I've seen, finishers in JP, they almost all follow this exact same design. Gumi just does, or Alum just does it over and over again. You have Sakura, you have Regina, you have Noctis, you have Roy Mustang. I'm sure they've done it more than that, but it just carbon copy of the same kit and they swap out the killers. Oh, maybe, maybe there's not any others, but they just do it over and over again, and it, it's boring. It's, it's not a bad kit, but I wish they would give us some variety, and I wish that when they, if they did keep doing it, they would not do it badly like they did with Roy Mustang, because the rest of his kit, just the way that his game is set up, is a garbage fire. But I mean, also, in defense of, in, I mean, in defense of Roy, he will be useful for the mage, for the dark, upcoming Dark Visions trial, because he's one of the few mage finishers on the fact that he doesn't have to stack up his abilities means you can nuke as fast as possible from turn one. Yeah, turn one is his best turn. And you and he brings like hundred percent fire resistance, like so five fire imperial. So like he's actually very self sufficient in terms of nuking. But you know That's who true. would be better than that? Shuan. <laughs> <laughs> also, just one one other little block to add to the Tower of Suck is his limit burst frames. I think like it's eight hits and I think the first five are so spaced out that it breaks between each one of them if you were trying to chain them. And then the last three are like only a couple frames apart. He's not unusably bad, but he's he's very underwhelming. And the fact that you have to risk getting him if you want to pull for Bradley is depressing, especially because his TM and STMR aren't that great either. Like, they're fine, but pulling hard Nothing for impressive. mage gear is, is not a great idea in general because of the problems that mages have. So even if something is good for mages, like, it's just not impressive overall. And going a bit back to what you said, Muspel, about the uh, chain or the chainer design where you finish and then chain with LB and finish and chain with LB. So I actually like that design from a gameplay standpoint because it makes for quite interesting team comp when the your chainers or your finishers can actually be self-sufficient every other turn. What bothers me, though, is that they have implemented that type of gameplay in the exact same way for every unit that uses it because it's always going to be the oh you're going to use your five abilities that empower your finishing move and then you're going to use your finishing move and then you're going to lb on the next turn yeah like I mean, why not are... make a unit that just has like a pair of two turn cooldown abilities that can't be dual cast and you alternate between them or just something anything that's not exactly there are so many ways to do this LB. <laughs> to be fair, I think I think JP Fasalis was had a bit of that like chain finish alternation and it was really bad. And I think in future I remember seeing Phoenix Jake is kind of like a, a variation on the five cast limit burst formula. He has like a three turn thing going, but I don't remember exactly how he worked. But yeah. like let's let's end this on a slightly more positive note. Like if you do pull Roy, you don't 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 present him or trash him or something because he will be still really good for the upcoming Dark Visions content because he is one of the rare mag magic finishers and for the Dark Visions content like some stages are more 
are more how to say vulnerable to magic damage and this is where Roy will shine that's true that's true like you shouldn't be super sad if you got him you should only be super sad if you were gunning for Bradley yeah I think overall it's pretty clear though that the first banner is much better than the second for this collab I'll definitely agree with that yeah so that's the full metal alchemist units but we also got enhancements uh this week and there's a few units the first one that we're going to talk about here's yego uh and yego when she first came out was really really bad relative to the meta she's more relevant now but he still does like less than half of ed's damage is not a great place to be in but to be fair half of ed's damage is still like around on like not roughly in the same neighborhood as ak ring like that I was gonna say oh, most most of our best chainers do like two thirds of his damage. <laughs> yeah, somewhere between <laughs> half and two and two thirds is where like everybody sits right now. Every, everybody that used to be de- <laughs> and is yeah, now it's trash. A bit, it's a bit hard to imagine now. Like Yego, a former trash unit, is now at AK range damage. Like the the the, the top tier unit that we, everyone was told to pull for. Like Yego is now doing that much damage. Like. Yeah, go. And it's yeah. still not um, that good. <laughs> which is yeah, why, honestly, is. never pay attention to anyone telling you that you have a must-pull DPS unit because there's no yeah, such thing. Exactly. Yeah, because exactly. E- e- even us don't believe us either. Yeah, even Ed <laughs> don't. Even Ed is going to get power crept by who knows who in like within a month. You know it's going to happen. I mean, poor Madame got power crept in like a month. <laughs> poor thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to be Elnath that power creeps everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love love to see that. I would love to see that. So Honestly, with Yego, there's not really a whole lot to say about her kit. She casts Absolute Mirror of Equity and she's locked in Earth. <clears throat> That's pretty much it. Her gear selection is not great. She pretty much is just a bow. Those have 1.5 experience and she can equip them. Either that I'm or Red sure. I'm not even sure if her STR is an upgrade. Oh, I think it, it might be just because of her attack passives with Whip. But yeah. yeah, for some reason it only has 1.3 on that, which is makes me sad because I now have seven Yigos. Yeah, I have her SCMR too because RNG hates me. Hates me, but oh yeah, fuck you. Okay. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Wait, why is Barrow salty about Yego now? No, he, he's he's complaining because I pull all the units that Barrow's want. Yeah. Although I mean, okay, okay. In reality, I shouldn't really complain because I just pull on everything, so I never have any resources. So I, like that's my big problem. Barrow, you made us sit here and listen while you did a five hundred lapis. Pull. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you you deserve whatever happens. Wait, to you. are you saying I should do a five hundred lapis pull on the FMA banner right now? No. Is that gosh. what you're saying? Please spare us. <laughs> But Wait. the takeaway from this episode, I think, really, is that Barros has a small resource. <laughs> yes, it's tiny. Wait, so so Barros, you actually like Yego? Like you're saying Lego my Yego? Uh, uh, no, no, oh, no. It's funny, we were talking about Roy Mustang and how much Alum seems to hate mages and especially finisher mages. But on the opposite spectrum, Gumi seems to absolutely love hybrid units. And Nagi got some great enhancements this week. Um, I was pretty excited about it. She's got Divine Ruination frames, and they also gave her um, Bolting Strike frames. And was, uh, I think the other one was, well, the other one was, um, what's the AZ one? Uh, absolute Zero. <laughs> absolute Zero. Yeah, so those are, um, but she also ends up being super tanky. She ends up with 150% True Dual Wield for attack and magic. And um, so she basically just needs her own STMR to cap it. She also... If you equip her with uh, Diablos, the Esper, and you equip one Ravenheart, she's got 300% Demon Killer just off that, and 275% Man Eater. So she's pretty impressive. I built one 
yesterday that had 300% demon demon killer, 275% man eater. She had 17,000, almost 18,000 HP and 700 defense and spirit each. Pretty ridiculous. But is she the full alch- alchemist? No, she isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you if you strike out, if you strike out on on the FMA banner, she's a pretty nice consolation prize. Shame I only have one copy. <laughs> see, I've got three. See, this is why this is why you should follow me, and you'll see a second Nagi, and then use an STM and my Mugu on her just to get some true dual wheel stuff. <laughs> that's that's dedication. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and I I still to this date haven't pulled a single Nagi. I actually um I th- I have her tmr but i think i prism moogled it because i don't have an could we like what was her moogle purchasable uh yeah we're from a raid so yeah from someone all ah, right right yeah so then i definitely prism because i'm sure i never got her ever which is a shame because she has a great stmr how many prism moogles do you have or did you have uh, i think i have one left I you used it three. on nagi yeah this was when i really yeah Okay, listen. Let's let's just forget this ever happened and move on. <laughs> Never forget. I honestly, every week, I am more impressed with you in in can the worst we, way possible. Can we rename this to the Barros makes bad decisions podcast? Yeah. Okay. And now I'm gonna tell you about this, and you can laugh. Okay. And, and also everyone else is listening to this. Okay. So this is what happened. So I had my Elena, and I had her like really kitted out, wailed out. Mm, it's like beautiful unit. Did a lot of damage back when Elena was actually good. Oh gosh. And then I also had an Aurora Fraevia, right? And what I used Aurora for was to actually chain with Elena for the weekly uh, Red Quartz challenges, right? And I just felt really bad that I didn't have a hybrid helmet for my Aurora Fraevia. So I prism moogled <laughs> Nagi's TMR. Oh my gosh, Maros. That's the only time I ever used <laughs> her TMR. Just gonna say it. God, not even getting Carlet's STMR. Okay. But I have Carlet's STMR on my Alina, of course. Barrow's oh. weekly story Wait. time is the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Wait, so you... Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back a second. Are you saying you you prism-moogled that for the support chainer? Yeah, exactly. Not that's, for your main chainer. That's my entire point. You, you prism-moogled it for a support chainer for the weekly Red Star Quartz boss that could be one-shotted. Easily. Listen, listen. Also, also, <laughs> and Aurora Fravia does fifty percent more damage than Elena in the first place. Yeah, so, now, but th- this was before. This was before. Yeah, but her she's, she was still way cooler even at that time. I mean, yeah. yeah. So now Aurora has uh, the Carlet STMR, and Elena has Nagi TMR. Nice. <laughs> Listeners. Please do not do follow barrels, okay? This is a really bad example of what to do. Yeah, just like whatever I say, just do the exact opposite. Everyone is listening. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you've all enjoyed Barris's final episode on the podcast. <laughs> say, we, we have a wide variety of experience levels and intelligence levels on this podcast. Say. <laughs> yes, yes. And luck levels. <laughs> yeah, oh, freaking cotton. Although I can't complain I got Ed in one ticket, so. And it was a free yeah, ticket. Freaking hazard, man. Okay, but I have had heck? awful luck for like six months now, so I, I deserved it. Same here. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I know I'm complaining about my bad luck, but I've also had like incredible shitter luck recently as well. Like I got Madam's STMR on her step up, first step up. Yeah. Uh, I, I got uh, Elena. I, I got my seven star Elena on the free ten plus one we got on her banner. So oh my gosh, I've had moments like that too. I'm just saying, I'm not all bad luck. 
Yeah, I got all but... blues on Madame Adele's first entire step up. All blues, except the guaranteed golds. Ugh. Anyway, since <laughs> just as Gumi and Alum both tend to do, we've forgotten about Crimson, so shall we move on to him? <laughs> Who? Never heard of him. <laughs> Who is Crimson? Oh, yeah, yeah, the fire sword dude, yes. So he's actually... Um, yeah, he's he was fashioned in a sense after uh, Reagan. He was he was he pretended to be Reagan. Uh, that's his storyline, and uh, he's actually got some decent enhancements. He does more damage than Yego, which is unsurprising because apparently everyone does. I was really hoping that they would take Yego from a meme unit to a great unit, but alas, I mean she's still fine. But you know, but Crimson actually, she, like according to Muspel standard, she's top tier because she does over seventeen billion, right? <laughs> no, Yego is below that. Oh, she is? Oh. Yeah, she's like 16 billion. Damn it. That's exactly why he chose that threshold, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's like above Yego. That's the top tier threshold. (laughs) Yeah, but he's he's pretty good. I mean, he's got uh, absolute mirror of equity chain frames. He's got, you know, he's got a nice STMR. He he got decent mod boosts to everything. So he's, you know, he's pretty solid. He's another good consolation prize, I would say. But um, I, I only have one of him. And I, I don't have a ton to say, to be honest. But if any of you have him or used him, speak now. <laughs> yeah. I, I used him back in the, like, one week that he was relevant before Esther. So I was hoping he'd get something good. And, like, his rotation was really nicely cleaned up. He's got a cool, like, good eight-turn things going. Because having he has, like, a long, very long duration imbue plus imperil plus attack and defense buff on both of his fire and ice imbue moves and they're on demand so that's real actually really nice for being able to like recover from dispels or deaths but yeah he could have really just used slightly more modifiers on his main chains i really wish that eight turn imbues would become the standard because that makes it easier to calculate damage when you're not trying to <clears throat> shuffle all that shit around in the five turn duration yeah, it's rotation is quite nice he also got um, what seems to be now a global exclusive pattern of getting nice defensive stats added to his enhancements. And we've seen that with Tifa and Nagi and Crimson now and probably a couple others. Schwann is making everyone else look bad, so they're trying to make up the difference. <laughs> just happened a bit late for Kurosami. who was just shown up by Aurora Fragments. Like, this is how you get defensive passives. It really was interesting. Their damage was almost identical, but Aurora Fravia's um, survivability was like double that of his. Kind of sad yeah. that they did that. So uh, March has turned out to be pretty crazy so far. We got a bunch of CG units. I didn't think we'd get this month. We got FMA. Uh, I think April might turn out to be even more crazy than than March. And one of the units that we were thinking about uh, discussing is um, Sylvie and Esther Enhancements. And specifically we want to talk about Sylvie today because Muspel and I and I'm sure you guys have some strong opinions too. We have uh, different opinions on where Sylvia is right now and kind of what she might need for enhancements. I kind of think that she's still in a decent spot. She's definitely not as great as Luna Freya and even Ignis and uh, some of the other ones we've gotten recently, like Regis is also pretty solid. But I think she's still very much a serviceable unit uh, in many respects. Her, her, you know, her, her, uh, her support is just a little bit lower than it, when you'd like, but she's still got a lot of cool things. So I wanted to hear, Muspel, what your take on, on why you think Sylvie really needs enhancements. So the concern that I have with Sylvie is that in some ways she feels to me the way that Noctis did back toward the end of the six-star meta, where she has a little bit of, of, of things from a <laughs> bunch of different roles, but isn't really good enough at any of them to be worth a slot. 
because she's not replacing anyone. And so you need to bring somebody else to do most of what she does anyways. Like for physical and magical mitigation, if you have good tanks or even good healers, they can provide that. Elemental resist, tanks and healers can do that. Resists are really the thing that she's best at. Uh, stat buffs, again, healers and tanks are doing that these days. Barriers, tanks do that. Some healers do that. Ailment resist, healers do that. Everything she does feels redundant, aside from the elemental resists, which she's good at. But at that point, she's really just kind of like Marie, but maybe a little better. So, I don't know. She's... So I agree in some respects that she does have a lot of overlap with different units. You know, she's got the stat and ailment, resist, remove stuff. She's got buffs. She's got imbues. She's got a turn one break, uh, cooldowns. She's got a lot of different things. And I think her main, yeah, her main role is definitely the elemental resists and probably the typed mitigations. And those are only 25%. So those have aged a little bit. But I'm a person who really enjoys having backups and versatility in my team. So in case a tank goes down or a healer goes down or something happens that is unexpected, because honestly, that happens to me all the time because I don't go super in-depth into trials. I just kind of go in with limited knowledge. Sylvie is a nice unit to have as a backup. I, I, but I, to your point, you know, why are you bringing her as in a slot that could be for someone else? It depends on your your experience level. I think for the less experienced you are, the more Sylvie's going to help you out. And the more veteran players, the better your roster is. You're probably right that Sylvie has less of a less of a role in your team. You see, when the thing is like the thing is like when I look at Sylvie, I kind of tend to compare her to Ignis because that to me, who she shares the same role with, like. On the other hand, Ignis can spam his 80% element wisdom buffs. He has full ailment. And he also has 50% general mitigation. So after Ignis's enhancements, I just bring him over Sylvie because he does more important stuff than her. I also think that when Sylvie came out, people were excited about her ability to grant support chains because we didn't have as many support chainers. But nowadays, I think that just isn't very useful because it's a lot easier now to have a team that just incidentally has compatible support chains than it used to be. So having Sylvie spend a turn to grant support chains to units and then having those units use their turns is worse than just using the support chains that you already have some. Yeah, I and remember people saying that Sylvie is good because she can turn Squall into a decent chainer again by giving him a <laughs> chaining ability. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, I think when you're looking at supports, it's usually better to be good at a few things than it is to be mediocre to bad at everything. And Sylvie is mostly bad and then like kind of okay at a few. But when you look at other supports are actually good at one or more things, it's just so much pre it's just so preferable to run one of them or even just get the same kind of support that Sylvie gives from your tanks or healer or in a few cases even damage deals. <clears throat> I I disagree that she's bad or mediocre. I think she's good in every area. She's top tier in her ability to restore MP without using any MP herself. She's got really nice uh, way to do that. Her LB she's is still better. really freaking good. 80% or sorry, 75% all resists and a 3,500 barrier is also really nice. And honestly, I've never had a problem being able to spam it every two or three turns and, you know, versus Ignis. Ignis's huge thing is obviously the general mitigation and just once you get him rolling, his uh, his unlocks are really awesome. The reason I don't use Sylvie anymore is simply because Aiden and Luna Freya both have better type resists um, and and uh, really strong. They're the unit you described, Muspel, as, as a unit that's really good at a few things. And so the things that Sylvie brings for my team are now redundant 
to the point where I really don't need her, but I still think she's got a lot of use in a lot of teams. Yeah, in in a similar case to that, has it my just sort of personal experience with her was for a while, like when I first got her, she was really essential, and then pretty much the moment I got a healer with ailment and break resists, namely Lena, then she immediately started becoming much, much more underwhelming for my team because of that redundancy, and that was especially kicked to the curb once Ignis got his enhancements. I want to pitch in and say that for one thing that Sylvie does well, and she, there are a couple of units like her that do as well, is that they enable you to build weird comps. You have gaps in your... So let's say you really need your tank to be your breaker. The only magic tank you have is barrel. Well, Sylvie is actually going to enable you to use barrel as an excellent break, thanks to what she has. And she can do this for a lot of units where she can just back up their weaknesses like for instance uh, you're running serena and then you want to uh, do ailment immunities on the turn serena can't well sylvie is going to help you out on that so i think that for unit for players that have gaps in their roster i think sylvie can enable some cool team building so would you say she's better for a casual the way that muspel describes it <laughs> i mean yeah i would say yes sylvie is better for someone that has holes in their roster yes i totally agree she makes knight delita um, able to be in my Jesus. team again. Okay, stop bringing up Night Delita, okay? <laughs> enough is enough. He's dead, Hazard. He's dead. <laughs> CG is coming. Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's actually dead. Well, actually, wait, he didn't die because uh, when Ovilia stabbed him... Wow, spoilers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the game is only 30 years old. Jesus. <laughs> actually, wait, no, it's 20. No, she did, but but he didn't die, right? He actually survived that. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. That's correct. Delita did so nothing in, wrong. In terms of enhancements, what I would be looking for on Sylvie, I think, I would like it if her use were AoE, or maybe if she got, like, triple cast, just <clears throat> a triple cast across her whole kit. Because having to spend a full turn or two-thirds of a turn if she used one of her cooldowns to imbue two chainers is not a good use of actions, especially since only last three. And when you look at other imbuers nowadays, like, uh, they, they tend to have longer duration or more flexible dual cast, or they can uh, just they can just do more with their action than Sylvie can because she ends up feeling very limited in terms of what she could turn unless you like you have to set up beforehand if you're reading about a dispel or something and even then you're just trading an action on one turn for another action on the next turn. and the fact that like Sylvie's imbues also an imperial a corresponding imperial line because what's the point of imbuing if like you don't have a source of imperials yeah having imperials there would be nice too I would also like to I think at this point they could they could probably just make her chain grant AoE instead of single target. Again, that that helps with the action efficiency. They can they should obviously do more basic stuff that kind of goes without saying, like crank up the size of the stat buffs, maybe the elemental resist buffs, probably the typed mitigation. Increasing her numbers across the board would do a lot for her. Because mm -hmm. right now the problem is that not very impressive at any of the things that she does. Like twenty five percent mitigation, twenty five percent mitigation, you get that you get that from tanks nowadays. You get more than that from some tanks. Um, 120% stat buffs, you get better than that from other places, and her bigger buffs are on cooldowns. I don't even think she has a stronger on-demand percent, does she? Yeah, I think no, she has one, 170 on her break cooldowns. Oh, no, no, she has a separate 170% cooldown that um, has partial uptime, and then, like, single target 200% with her breaks, which is, like, pretty token. Yeah. I mean, things are still pretty useful, but I think the main things they need to do is uh, make her fixed, or I'm sorry, her typed mitigations higher. I think they need to be 40 or 
overall. Another possibility, some, some, something they could do is kind of lean more into breaks. If they if they upgrade her on-demand breaks to like 70% and bring her cooldown up to, I don't know, 80%, then she's sort of like Elephim in that she does buffs and breaks. And at that point, that could also be interesting. At that point, her buffs don't need as much because she's actually filling a vital role and doing the buffs on top of that. But I don't know if, if Gumi wants to go that route. I kind of agree with you. Wait, so really does that mean we actually finally get Edifin's enhancement? <laughs> yeah, I wonder Maybe if we'll get day. hers. But I, I think you're right, Muspel, in the sense that if they made her more specialized, if they really increased a couple of different things in her kit, because she's got a ton of things, but if they made a couple of them exceptional, I think that she would go right back to the top just because of how much stuff you've got on the back end that's good. Not exceptional, but she needs something exceptional. I think the worst case mm. scenario for her would be if they made her a little bit better at everything. If they make her a lot better at a few things, even if that means that something from her kit kind of gets left behind, <clears throat> that would do more for her. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. Like she, 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 she cannot be the jack of all trades again because that's definitely going to end up either sucking or being absolutely broken and expensive to enhance. <laughs> and also, jack of all trade units tend to not age very well. Even yeah. even if they're good for the moment, they they just don't hold up. So yeah, I think one thing people might notice is that we didn't have a trial segment this week, and that's because our sort of quote-unquote trial content was three-star Black Dragon, the Esper, who existed briefly. <laughs> Very briefly. <laughs> yeah, Nagi one-shot him, basically. It's kind of sad. You used Nagi, not bad. I did. Yeah, that was... That was... Yeah, this is, I think, the first week we haven't had, like, a legit uh, trial or boss in last month or yeah, two, right? In a good, yeah, it's, it's been a good surprising, couple months. Like. Oh, wait, wait. Also, <clears throat> hey, it's a three-star Esper, right? So one of the mission rewards is going to be a four-star ticket, right? Already tried it. Yeah, but <laughs> I haven't. Ah, I have a four-star ticket, boys. I might actually get my head. Who knows? Oh, God. Well, so you, wait, start. you don't have 500 lapis, right, Barros? You're not going to do that again, are you? I mean, I have 800. Don't lapis. encourage him. No, let's, we're, let's not. Let's, Barros, we need to improve your habits. I'll, yeah, also, I'm definitely not pulling like on the pod. Maybe after the pod, I'm doing a 500. So also, I'm wondering if, uh, and this is a super tinfoil hat, but maybe this gap in trials is giving Gumi more time to work on the Chamber of Vengeance. Not. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's actually happening. Actually, I kind of know where their resources are going right now instead, and that's War of the Visions, which came out on Wednesday. And I know that Baros and myself have been playing it furiously, and Shadow as well, actually. It's super, super fun so far. I really like it. I have terrible, terrible pull luck, though. Sounds yeah. like and so I, I want to say I'm also enjoying it, like in, in the sense of that I, uh, one thing that I want to say about it. So FFB gets a lot of uh, bonus points in my book for being actually mechanically advanced. It's a game where you can pull off a lot of stuff and you can build your units a lot differently and you have espers and materia. It's like a ton of fun, right? And people already uh, always described uh, War of the Visions as very shallow. I, like, I don't see it yet, because I think there is a certain depth to that game as well. Not as deep, but it's definitely there. And combined with the actual tactical gameplay, where positioning matters a ton, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm not auting, autoing battles. I am manually fighting every battle. Which is good, because autoing just makes you stroll a, um, shoot fire at dead bodies, so it doesn't matter anyway. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say like the AI is actually horseshit. <laughs> it's 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 bad. <laughs> Although basically, I have Medina and Medina's top tier, 
That's the only yeah. only rainbow equivalent I pulled, and she's just just totaling content. But I will say I'm not sure so much that it's shallow. I've always heard that it's grindy. But the problem with um, the problem with um, those types of mechanics is if you can just wail through it or just you know get an OP unit and destroy everything, it kind of lessens the importance of those mechanics. I know Final Fantasy Tactics suffered from the same thing. Now, yeah. so, which is why I didn't use someone like Orlando because Orlando just face rolls everything. So if you really want to enjoy the mechanics, you definitely can and you can get really in depth and do these nice team comps. So I'm excited for that because I think that this game offers some of that. Um, and they don't, you know, the it's, they're not pumping out units as fast as FFBE is. So I think there's some room for that, but it, it is definitely very grindy. But I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm really excited for it. So it requires a lot of calendar days to do stuff, but not necessarily a lot of hours on each calendar day, right? That That's the grindiness. So it's like Animal Crossing then. Yes, it's basically Animal Crossing, but with Final Fantasy Brave Exvius characters. That's a great explanation of this game. No, but my, my point is like a lot of the grindiness comes from actually leveling up your character. I know this is not a War of the Visions podcast. We're not going to do this every week. We just wanted to mention it. Uh, do some first impressions, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Like, whoever likes... If you like Final Fantasy Tactics or, God forbid, the advanced games, you <laughs> might actually enjoy this a lot. So, you know, like give, give it a spin. And also, right now, there's this... Okay, now it sounds like we're sponsored by War of the Visions. I wish, because I really need some resources in that game. So, like, Gumi, hit me up. Yeah, but, your, um, your, uh, your habits have continued in War of the Visions, I fear. Yeah, they have, unfortunately, because I pulled Gilgamesh. And we're actually going to get Gilgamesh in FFBE soon as a War of the Visions collab. And he's a really strong character in War of the Visions. I, I would say that the only one beating him right now would be Medina. And she doesn't really beat him right now, but she beats him later on. Uh, and... The problem with him is that he requires twice as much resource as any other unit to max. And and I was promising myself, like, I'm not going to invest in this character. I, I just randomly pulled it. I'm just going to forget he exists and just focus on my other excellent character. Yeah, that didn't last. Yeah, I think that didn't go well. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, but now now I have a strong Gilgamesh, so there's that. I think I think April's going to be really interesting to see what happens in FFB. We've got Gilgamesh coming. We've got Elnath. We've got uh, the Final Fantasy Nine banner we've got a surprise Ooh. collab apparently which I, I i've heard some people say it could be the final fantasy 7 remake banner it could be ac I cloud i'm sure that the collab is going to be i mean it could be also the trials of mana like because the, that's true what? so shally shally in the video said oh it's obvious you know it's a very special collab she's a big final fantasy 7 person like she loves that game but that would really count that as a collaboration even though it's been called a collaboration before other you know other Final Fantasy games, but I don't really consider that a collaboration if it's within the Final Fantasy universe. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But yeah. April should be really exciting. We've also got enhancements coming up for Esther and Sylvie, unless they get the uh, Felix and Tiana treatment, which would make so many people mad. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that if it happens. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. I hope. Uh, you never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, but they're so popular. Like I, I can, I can, I can understand that they don't enhance Felix and Tiana because nobody pulled for them, literally. But for Esther I, and Sylvie, like everyone has them. I think that because Esther and Sylvie aren't limited, they might just not get their enhancement later. They they can do it whenever. They're not they're not seasonal. No, yeah, well, I guess we'll no, see yeah, what yeah, happens. I mean, to be fair though, it's roughly on schedule anyway. Cause isn't it? Cause like. Crimson just got his, and he was a week for Esther. Yeah, I'm looking forward to April. Earlier. I think sometimes it's later, but yeah. I would like them to not give me any more Omniprism bundles, because they're too good not to buy 
And I really need to save Lapis for Zidane because I like Zidane. And it's not happening <laughs> because I've been buying these stupid bundles. You just, you know what you have to do, Hazard. You know what you have to do. I am free to play, by the way. All right, we'll see you guys next week. We'll look forward to April enhancements of whatever sort they come in. Talk to you guys later. Silly is still going to suck. Bye. <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying about Item World. <laughs> and fine, Full Metal Alchemist is still the best banner. Fight me. That's decent. Night Delita lives. <laughs> no, no he, doesn't. he doesn't. Never lived ever. Like in a single point of the game. No, he was he was lived. legit the best unit in the game right after for Tita's one week. Yes, for like all right, it was like a, maybe a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.